1: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything. Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Monster House presents.
2: Monster Talk is supported by listeners like you. Find out how you can contribute via Patreon or with reviews at monstertalk.org forward slash support. Your contributions, large or small, make a huge difference. Thanks.
3: I've chafed for years at this demigod. Snakes in my beautiful city. To the west, the media To the south, Carth, Stigia. Snakes everywhere, these evil towers.
1: Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some windows. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I
3: hear you're having trouble with a snake.
1: Diona was a pagan snake god. I'm snake watching. as if they were just swallowed up. John Dampton went a-fishing once, a-fishing in the weir. He caught a fish up on his hook, he thought, look mighty queer. Now what the kind of fish it was, John Dampton couldn't tell. But he didn't like the look of it, so he threw it down a well. Ha! We must take the word word to literally. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever
0: seen before.
2: Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm
0: Karen Stoltzner.
2: You've probably heard the idiom cold-blooded, as in, he was a cold-blooded killer, or she had a cold-blooded approach to business. Well, that idiom comes from the discovery that some animals generate their own body heat, while others rely on the environment to heat them up. This discovery is first noted in English in the 1600s, but by the mid-1700s, The idiomatic use to describe ruthless behavior was quite popular. It was the age of reason, and while science was still in its infancy, the poetical understanding that reptiles and fish didn't have the warm emotional range of humans quickly baked this metaphor into our language. Now, science has moved on to a more nuanced understanding of animal thermodynamics. But we still retain many misunderstandings and mythic ideas about reptiles. In the intro, I threw together a few clips from various movies such as Layer of the White Worm and the absolutely ridiculous Snakes on a Plane, but reptiles far beyond snakes are a fertile breeding ground for myths, and today we're joined by Joshua Ems to talk through some of these fascinating tales.
0: Monster
2: dog. Tonight we're talking with Joshua Ems, who's the president of the New Mexico Herpetological Society based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we're going to be talking about reptiles and myths about reptiles, reptiles Mm -hmm. as monsters, and uh, see if we can't scale this topic up.
0: Uh I heard what you did there. Yeah, he's already started.
2: That's right. Get one out of the gate. You
3: you come for the monsters and stay for the puns, right?
2: Or based on our subscription numbers, maybe that's why they're leaving. I don't know.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
2: I asked my wife what she thinks. She said, you have a podcast?
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, tell us, who is Joshua M's. I I don't want to uh, undersell you because I know you're probably more interesting than that one sentence.
3: (laughs) Okay, well, I'm an Albuquerque, um, New Mexico native. I've lived here all my life, um, give or take. I spent a couple years in Idaho, and then I went to school in Hawaii, Um, got a bachelor's degree at BYU-Hawaii. Um, in history of all things and then um ended up getting real into reptiles and amphibians I've always grown up around them and always you know it's always been a, an interest and just kind of after I got got back here and um to Albuquerque and started working I'm um, actually in pest in the pest control industry I actually I'm an entomologist but got involved with the New Mexico Herpetological Society and um Eventually became president. Um, I'm currently not the president. Uh, we have uh, Max uh, Havelka is our president now. But I am the website, uh, the media coordinator, or whatever they want to call it.
2: Sure. Is, mm-hmm. is control okay. of that position pretty ruthless and cold-blooded?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, Josh, you've got a really interesting background, and we brought you on the show to talk about reptile myths, but first, I guess we should establish what is a reptile
3: Well, reptiles are you know a family of animals you have your your mammals, your birds, your reptiles, and your amphibians on the vertebrate side so reptiles you know what they call cold blooded it's really not necessarily cold blooded it's just they're ectotherms they they get their heat from their surroundings um they don't produce heat like we as humans do, and it's divided into. The main families of snakes, lizards, turtles. Um, There's some other like little outliers like the tuatara. Um, It's kind of its own thing. Um, And for most intents and purposes, it looks like a lizard, but they're a little different. They're found in New Zealand and uh, cool little animals. I've never seen one. I think I've seen one in a zoo. I think I saw one in San Diego.
2: Well, next time I watch Lord of the Rings, I'll keep an eye out see if there's one in the back. You know. <laughs> Yes, that's right.
3: I've <laughs> got lots of interesting
0: reptiles in the uh, Antipodes, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: Now, a lot of people seem to just have a natural aversion to reptiles. I I think I've seen some videos uh, that you've done where you, <laughs> your family does not seem to have this problem. My My daughter, I've got one daughter who doesn't seem to care, and then I've got a daughter who definitely does not want to be around reptiles. And of course, a wife who, you know, doesn't even want to go outside. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) But any thoughts on why people are so freaked out by reptiles?
3: Well, I think, you know, um, we, the snakes that that humans evolved around, um, a lot of them were venomous and there was, there was no treatments. So these are definitely dangerous. And so primates kind of have a natural aversion to snakes not necessarily reptiles well crocodiles obviously and alligators they're they're big and they can they can definitely uh, pack a punch but I, it's probably just due to venomous reptiles venomous snakes just something you know that you're you're afraid of and you just you don't want anything to do with because you know it can kill you
0: mm-hmm. well I've got a follow-up question in Australia with uh, like indigenous groups you have uh, the rainbow serpent or rainbow snake and that's interwoven into um, creation stories and folklore but then in Christianity of course you've got uh, the serpents which is sometimes construed as Satan Um, so do you think that there's any kind of religious there are any religious reasons that people might not like snakes today Uh,
3: there's definitely probably some of that um, you know, the you know the, the Mayans and stuff, they had um they had venomous snakes around and they almost, you know, worship worshipped them, the Aztecs. They you know, there's they show up a lot in their um stellas and whatnot, their um mm-hmm. carvings and whatnot, you know, feathered serpent, all that. Um so yeah, there's there's definitely something to that. I mean, you know, in the Bible you when you refer to the serpent, you know, they they that's become synonymous with the devil, you know, and that's that's what, you know, the whole um, creation in Genesis where it talks about the, you know, about them being cast out of the garden of Eden, uh, because of the snake, because of the serpent, and, and I think a lot of that's just because the Jewish culture and the uh, that part of the world there are some pretty venomous snakes there. I mean, you know, a, a cobra we suspect um, took Cleopatra in mm-hmm. Egypt, which you know wasn't too far, and so there's definitely a lot of venomous um, snakes, a lot of cobras and stuff in that area. Um, so it's just kind of something that those people identified with as something that could kill you, and you may not even see it before, your, before it gets you. So All I think right. that's how it got kind of synonymized with that.
2: Yeah, I always thought about her as putting the asp in political aspirations. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, dear.
2: <laughs> so, But, uh, you know, there's lots of dangerous animals. On the whole, would you say reptiles are any more dangerous than any other family of animals?
3: Well, it depends on where you are, um, and it depends on how close you're getting and how drunk you are.
2: <laughs> and as we say so, here in the South, hey y'all, watch this. <laughs> yeah. <exactly.
3: laughs> um, you know, a lot of a lot of eggs, I I go out and look for them on a on a regular basis. Um, as you probably saw, and you said you watched some of my videos, so I've encountered probably. Hundreds of rattlesnakes, and I've never felt that I was in danger. But I'm also giving it the respect it's due, giving it its distance, and I don't, I don't handle them, you know. And and that's and that's really that. Um, if you look at statistics, just statistics alone, more people are killed by dogs.
0: Yeah, I think uh, they definitely do tend to uh, stay away. And I once encountered a a brown snake. Uh, in Australia when I was just a teenager and I was going hiking and it was all coiled up and it was just keeping away from me. And I, I think they generally tend to, to do that. And um, as long as you don't bother
3: them, they won't bother you. Yeah. And for the most part, and that's why a lot of problems come in is, you know, people see them and they think they have to do something about it when in reality, if you just leave it alone, mm-hmm. you'll probably never see it again and it'll go on its way and, And you won't have to put yourself in danger by trying to get closer or trying to kill it.
2: I was going to say the, I I did some research for, I forget why. It was something for a show and we were looking at what are the most dangerous animals. And by far, as far as number of people killed livestock on farms, like cows and horses kill way more people (laughs) because they're huge. And if they they can just crush you, you know. They don't. May, they may not even mean to, but lots of people are around them, and they're in circumstances where they can be injured or fatally injured. So, yeah,
3: right. And just like um, Karen was mentioning there before, um, they want to be left alone. I mean, here in the United States, we're pretty lucky. Um, well, in Georgia, you got a couple of few uh, venomous snakes that aren't, but most of ours are rattlesnakes. And yeah, I mean, they're nice enough to warn you that they're there like
2: exactly it's it's not i'm I'm coming to get you it's to stay away right yeah, if, right. They, if, they wanna,
3: yeah. If, if they wanted to bite you, they wouldn't rattle exactly if there's there's no point to it um and cotton mouths um another common one in in the south southeastern part of the country, their main defense is to coil up and show you the inside of their mouth, hence they get the name of cotton mouth and they they do that and then Leave you away, leave you alone if they wanted to to bite you they they bite you.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I guess there's a question: Are there any snakes that are aggressive and will chase after you or follow you or go um, for you?
3: All the accounts I've heard of snakes chasing people um aren't usually verified. Researchers have never had snakes chase them um, and it seems like when when there are kind of things of oh it was coming the same way as me or whatever. It's because that was, it was backed into a corner and that was the only way out. So typically, no, um, you're not going to see any snakes chase uh, people. They, they have no reason to. I mean, the main reason they have their venom is for their food. And generally, they're going to go the other way if they can.
0: That's a relief for a lot of people, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was in, I think I've told the story on the show before, but I was in Bahrain and uh, I used to go exploring out in the desert. And uh I take my bike out. And one day I went down in this little valley and there were all these little holes in the side of the valley walls. And I'm, I'm I'm talking about a valley that's probably, I don't know, twenty-five feet wide and I don't know, fifteen feet deep. Not so more of a gully, really, not you know, but it was deep enough that I was disappeared. Like I <laughs> you couldn't see me from the road or wherever, because I was down in this this gully. Anyway, from these holes, suddenly these these lizards came out. And they were very peculiar. I'd never seen anything like them. They had like a tail, kind of like a stubby tail, like a turtle. And their heads were a little mm-hmm. bit like a turtle, but they had a body more like a sort of fat lizard. And they, I think they're called um, mastigures, like Egyptian mastigures. And mastics. Yeah. And they, they came out and they hissed at me and they aggressively made me feel unwelcome. And I'd never had any kind of like reptile behavior like that in in America. And I I fled. I mean, they weren't that big. You know, they are maybe a foot, you know, at most. But they seemed like they were really uninterested in me visiting. And they wanted it to be clear Mm -hmm. they were not interested in my materials or surveys or whatever I was there for. Right. (laughs) So be on your way, sir.
3: A lot of of what we read as aggressive is actually defensive. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of the big things they say, you know, like you say you're going to Yellowstone um you don't get between a, a bear and her cub right and and that's they're being defensive they're not being offensive in that case um bears are known to to attack a little bit but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um usually there's a reason for that but um usually usually if a if a person gets attacked by an animal it's usually due to something that the person did whether they knowingly did it or not and i think mean, that's right. a hard thing for people to discern is you know, I've heard people say, well, this, you know, this, this snake, it just, this rattlesnake, it just rattled at us and rattled at us and, and struck at us and struck at us and struck at us. And it's like, well, did you leave it alone? What are you doing? Right. Well, we were poking <laughs> it with a stick. We were throwing rocks at it. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, when I grew up in Sydney, uh, we had blue-tongued lizards under uh, a shed in the backyard. Yes. And
3: so I'm not not sure if you're familiar with them. They are um, they're, they're pretty common in the pet trade and they're they're really cool lizards. They they have that blue tongue that they, they kinda open up and show their tongue and yeah. yeah.
0: They're really pretty and they tend to keep to themselves. So it's not like a lake story. They won't they wouldn't come out and say stay away or anything like that. They just keep to themselves. Um yeah. but uh yeah, they would they would just in fact a lot of people like having them around too, around the garden because they get rid of insects and snails sure. and things like that.
2: Yeah. Well, before we dig in further on reptiles, a quick question: What is the New Mexico Herpetological Society like? What do you do, or and like how 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 is that? How old of an organization is it?
3: It was uh, formed in sixty three, I believe, nineteen sixty three, and it's basically around for the education of the general public about reptiles and amphibians, um, herpetofauna, are reptiles and amphibians. We call them herps for short not to be confused with herpes that's something completely different
2: <laughs> but very popular as well from what i hear
1: so it, <laughs> I, hear, I hear it spreads pretty well
3: so so yeah you know there's um we we get together um, we have a monthly meeting and we usually have a speaker it's usually about reptiles of some sort sometimes we we go we branch out we've had our you know our state bat expert in and he's talked about bats before which are obviously mammals but we do branch out a little bit but usually we talk um have a speaker that speaks about that we do outreach work we'll we'll go to schools or we'll go to pretty much anywhere that we're asked to um one of the big things we do is every year down at bosque del apache there's it's a migratory bird refuge they have the festival of the cranes the sandhill cranes come down and come through and Ooh. we usually have a big a big booth down there it's it's amazing I, it, it, they're birds you know they're they're prehistoric herps, but.
2: <laughs> that's it. that's very inclusive yeah. of you, yeah.
3: <laughs> but to see them in hundred in the numbers of hundreds and thousands, it's just amazing. Well, they're so big. Oh, but- they're so big. Yeah, they, they fly
2: over. We're in the migratory path here in, in my hometown, so they just came right. by a few weeks ago, yeah. and every now and then one will actually land. And to see those birds is astonishing. I mean, they're about I guess about four feet tall.
3: When you think about flying birds and and that they literally you know go from Canada to Mexico, it's <laughs> just amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it just it's just the shocking. Uh, it's almost like to me, considering the biggest bird we have around here normally is a turkey vulture. To see to see a bird that big loose and flying around and flying in numbers that are so large, uh, I would love to see them like land as a group. But it, usually, when we see mm-hmm. one land, it's it's something's up, you know. It's really hungry, or it's lost, or confused. It's not. It's not part of the uh, the big flock, I guess. Is right. Right. So, okay. but, you, know, you know, we're seeing fifty and sixty of them at a pop. You know, flying over, and they make such a
3: cool noise too. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Yeah, I love it this time of year. Every time, every morning, uh, there's a field that they'll usually be in. Usually, this time of year, it's great. I love seeing them.
2: Some people have claimed that they are possibly. Uh, one of the root causes between uh, around the uh, the Mothman sightings, and uh, I think huh. Mothman as a as a monster has been like evolved into this sort of humanoid creature, and you know people see it as having you know two wings and two arms and two like sort of a hexapod. But originally, if you go back and read John Keel's accounts and some of the newspapers, they were talking about giant birds and. The, the, the sandhill crane has that sort of like red coloring around its eyes. And I think a lot of people thought mm. it might've been a good match because, and it's just, you don't expect to see a bird that large if right. it's, if it's not local to you. So when they're migrating.
3: Oh, they're huge. And, yeah. and even when you're, you know, in shadows and stuff, when they fly above you, you feel it, you, you see that shadow go above you. You're like, Whoa, what was that? Yeah.
2: They have a very peculiar sound they make as a, as a flock. It's really cool.
3: we're not here to talk about birds though, what? No. <laughs> but yes, we, we do a, we do a table there every year. Um, we haven't had a past couple of years due to COVID, but we're hoping that we start back up with that again this year. Um, so basically just, just that. And we do, we do field trips. Um, we try and go to look for rare species or look for, you know, to see if species have extended their ranges, um, or just haven't been found in certain areas and whatnot. And, Absolutely, try to try to add to the um, add to the field here in New Mexico. Okay. So, I'm
0: wondering, Josh, do you have any reptiles that are native to New Mexico to that area?
3: Uh, we have several, uh, several snakes, several lizards, some um, turtles. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Uh, we even have um, our state reptile is actually the New Mexico whiptail, uh, which is which is a parthenogenic lizard. So there are no males. They are all females. Uh Clones of each other. We
2: were just discussing that. Yep.
3: Yeah, in birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> because we learned that uh, roosters have no penis, and it's really changed my life. Yeah. So-
0: <laughs> Blake was looking for another
1: opportunity
2: to <laughs> insert <said> that. <laughs> I, basically, this is my new evangelism. Uh, hey, my name is Blake. I like monsters. Yeah. Roosters have no penis. Did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> I did one more thing before we start topping hop, into the uh, sort of myths and legends. The, um, when I was thinking about uh, reptiles, I thought about snakes and lizards and turtles. And I think you've already addressed this and alligators. These are pretty common in the United States. Are, are there any other big reptile groups that, that maybe we're not thinking of, or is that basically captured? That's
3: pretty much it. I mentioned the tuatara earlier. Yeah. That's really it. You know, crocodilians that, that includes crocodiles, alligators, Caiman, uh, things like that—they're all pretty similar. But but um,
2: crocodilians are not really lizards, right? They just look like scaled-up versions. No,
3: they're not. They're they're actually, yeah, they're totally different. They're bigger. They have different scales.
2: They're if I remember, scoots? is that right? Scoots? something.
3: They're a type of scale, um, usually I like found on the belly. And snakes have them, um, turtles and stuff. Yeah. So.
2: Okay. All right. Let's get into some myths.
3: Yeah, so, so yeah. You, you mentioned before that uh, I have to. I have to mention this since you're so fond of the roosters having no penises. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the snakes <laughs> snakes make up for it. They have two. Really,
2: my mind has been blown. Yeah,
0: something else for <laughs> you to evangelize about. Hey,
2: <laughs> so so did you know males have two penises? You say
3: well, it's a, it's a hemipenis that kind of comes out and it it divides, and they they will like you know they'll. They'll rotate when they breed. They'll, they'll rotate them, and they can be locked up for hours.
2: Interesting. Now, now so is that – now, I know, like, the opossum well, – and apparently this is true for a lot of marsupials, but I know opossums have a forked penis, and that's because the females have only a single excretory orifice, which is kind of like a cloaca. It's not a cloaca, but – and then uh, – uh, But ducks
0: are like that too.
2: Well, well ducks have – like some some ducks have huge penises bigger than the length of their body which is insane uh i mean enviable but insane uh
0: <laughs> i can feel another uh, episode it's
2: like monster coming penises up, coming topic. soon to this show <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like but do we, do we know i mean this why do they have two penises so it's like i mean not i mean i i wouldn't complain but um, I,
3: I mean in- your guess is as good as mine and a lot of this stuff you know we can kind of make guesses but we really don't know oh i get you know, it it's two know.
2: penises and no hand is another punishment from god what that's t- right. <laughs>
3: oh
1: boy
2: wow okay that this conversation went in new directions wasn't even expecting
0: <laughs> no. if ever there's an opportunity with you i'm afraid yeah. that's true uh, so. <laughs> So, yeah, we want to get into some myths about reptiles. And a while ago, we did an episode about giant snakes. And from memory, the guest said that about uh, uh, 30 feet is probably the absolute maximum size a modern snake could reach.
3: Yeah. So, um, Josh,
0: have you heard anything to contradict that?
3: Well, I mean, I hear a lot of things. Um, Whether it's backed up and confirmed (laughs) is a whole different story. But but yeah, that seems to be about it. Um, reticulated pythons are the longest. Um, anacondas are heavier. So if, if you're asking, you know, which is the longest snake in the world and which is the heaviest snake in the world, you get two different answers. The reticulated python is the longest. I heard 37 feet. I don't know if that was authenticated wow. or whatnot as the longest, you know, but that would have been a captive animal. So uh, they tend to do better in captivity without natural predators okay. and things like that but right. um and then anacondas do get heavier they're just a heavier bodied snake they spend more, spend more time in the water so they're able to you know get around with a heavier stature sure
2: they're beautiful i mean they're, they're, i just we had a <laughs> if you can believe it i'm old enough that i remember like carnival sideshows coming by with like world's largest snake and you you know stop and pay a few bucks to see it you know They'd have a, an albino a snake and that kind of thing. So right. it, to see anacondas, yeah. uh, of course, I watch a lot of documentaries and seeing them in there. Uh, well, when you manage to see them at all, man, for a snake to be that long, they can really hide. Goodness. They
3: yeah, <laughs> they can. I, I remember um, growing up, my mom found this, this um, thing. She saw it, saw it, just happened to be into the channels and saw it. And so she recorded it to her DVR for me. And it was this, this guy who was out there and he was looking for anacondas and he had someone with him and he says, so what do we do? And he says, well, just water over here and take your shoes off and just walk around until you bump into one.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No,
0: thanks.
2: <laughs> yep. I've, I've seen that kind of thing where they're just, they're just diving their hands into the water and you think, what are they doing? And the next thing they pull up a, you know, a big piece of a giant anaconda and like they start mm-hmm. trying to pull it out of the water.
3: Yeah, and it, it's funny because that guy, that biologist that was there, his name is Jesus Rivas. He actually works up at um, New Mexico Highlands in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Um, not nearly as many casinos there.
2: Wow. But, um, <laughs> now, what, what happens in Las Vegas, New Mexico? Does it stay there?
3: Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's actually actually a lot of movies and, and TV shows and stuff were filmed out there. They've got a ha- town square... Um, That looks really, um, really old. um, And it's really cool. Um, In fact, have you ever seen the show? um, uh, Longmire. Longmire.
2: Oh, I don't know that show at all.
3: No, I don't. I don't. It's pretty cool. It's kind of a modern Western. um, Mm. You know, let's see as the the sheriff and he has uh, interactions with the reservation and stuff. It's pretty cool. Kind of a murder mystery type thing.
2: I was going to. I feel like if we're talking about snakes, I have to bring up the the stuff that my grandma told me. Uh, my granny would always talk about hoop snakes and joint snakes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would be on the lookout because, you know, granny told me about them, so I knew they had to be real. But, you know, as I got older, right. I learned maybe not so much. Uh, now, I think there might be a natural explanation for the joint snake, but the hoop snake seems to be entirely fantasy. Do so you want to talk about those a little bit?
3: Yeah, so... Probably what comes from the joint snake um, is probably it's probably not even a, a lizard. It's probably not even a snake at all. It's actually probably from a legless lizard. They will actually lose their tails like like many lizards do. And so so people think that, well, if it, it and it still wiggles around and that's so that predators will go after the tail while the lizard can 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 get away. So a lot of people would think, oh, well, it's still moving, so it must be still alive and that was really not the case it's just nerves firing
2: yeah and then the hoop snake she would tell me that it would um it would often chase you down a hill um uh, and just roll up into a a wheel grab its own tail in its mouth and roll after mm-hmm. you and it would chase you really fast and if you if you managed to get hit by it you would die cuz it had a spike on the end of its tail um uh, and then right. yeah sometimes i've heard stories where they would spike a tree or something and the tree would die uh, so it's interesting folklore, but uh I don't, I can't even imagine any animal uh, sort of fitting the bill for that one. That seems to be entirely. No,
3: um, no, there are some, some snakes. And um, when you pick them up, they will kind of, especially there's there's a snake called a shark tail snake, and it'll actually take its tail and kind of stick it into your hand, trying to get you to let go. Um there, There's no real thorn or it doesn't, it doesn't inject any venom or anything like that. There are snakes. Um, uh king snakes will eat other snakes and i've seen it happen in captivity i've seen pictures where they actually accidentally latch onto their own tail and start trying to eat their themselves ouroboros um,
1: yep. <laughs> yeah
3: so um so that might be when you know someone saw one maybe someone saw one you know biting its tail i don't know um mm-hmm. I, and i think a lot of things you know just the more they told they get told the the more great the story gets
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: definitely do you think that she believed in these like or she was just telling you to creep you out as a kid she
2: seemed to believe i mean she seemed to think they were real i was especially suspicious about the the joint snake because her story was that if you know it would break into pieces and if you put all the pieces into a bucket or something overnight they would rejoin and uh my father independently so had, had heard the same legend uh he didn't he was he was unsure uh, you know this was in the, in the days before, you know, the internet. So I, you know, it was a little harder for me to look up this this kind of a story. Um, so, yeah.
3: Um, I think a lot of times, you know, you see it wiggling, you think it's alive and then you're like, Oh, well then both sides must be alive. And then it just kind of takes off from there.
1: mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) And you see this in, was it, I know we have like a blue tailed uh, skink around here and they drop their tails pretty easy. Um, yeah. So,
3: yeah, a lot of lizards do that, and that's to, like I said earlier, they they'll they can actually drop it. They don't you don't even have to actually grab their tail; they'll actually just drop it, and it has nerves it will fire off and wiggle around, and you know you get your um, predator to go after that, and the lizard runs to safety, and then the tail will actually grow back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember as a kid seeing that uh, with with lizards, and uh, I never did this, but had other friends that would. Off the tail and you know, torment the poor things, just tiny, tiny little lizards. Oh, I was just speaking of lizards. We've talked a little bit about snakes and venomous snakes. Can lizards be venomous as well?
3: Well, in the the Americas, we have um, a couple species of lizards, um, gila monsters and uh, beaded lizards, which actually are venomous. Um, Gila monsters uh, do come into the United States and the southwestern United States, um, Arizona. California, um, little parts of New Mexico and up around the Grand canyon, that part of the grand canyon the the western part of the Grand canyon there uh soon up into Utah and nevada okay um
2: are they, do they use their venom for hunting
3: they It's mainly for defense really okay, and they eat eggs they and they'll eat they'll eat small rodents too, and you know probably birds and things too, but they they tend to like eggs and um but they they will use the venom as a defense there's been no um recorded deaths from the venom and then recently like within the past probably 10 years or so um they've discovered that a lot of monitor lizard species also produce a venom so the largest um lizard in the world is the komodo dragon it is also venomous
2: wow
3: before they thought it was just bacteria that would build up in the mouth because they would they would they bite a water buffalo and then you know come back to it later and it dies yeah I mean, they would just eat it um you know tear it apart and whatnot but um yeah so they found out that it actually is a venom it's not just bacteria wow
0: okay that's what i'd heard done documentaries yeah. years ago yeah
2: they're big chunkers. They're 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 big. Yeah. that would be Beautiful, terrible. But I, I remember how scary those Bahraini lizards were, and they weren't barely you know a foot long. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would care to see an eight foot lizard coming at me. So,
1: Ooh.
2: no, no my my dad was always scared when we were going down. We, my grandfather had about three hundred sixty acres in the country, and it, there was all the swampland. I like to go out and fish and stuff he was always concerned snakes were going to fall out of the tree onto us. Is that, is that a real thing that happens in America? Or like, is that a real a hunting technique or something? That
3: I, I mean, if they're in a tree and they, you know, happen to lose, I hate to say lose footing because they don't have feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if they're, they, you climb onto a weak branch and it breaks or they fall. Um, I've had them sometimes like, like I have, I have snakes here at the house and sometimes I'll feed them and they'll, they'll um they'll come you know, I dangle the mouse in front of their cage, and they'll come right out and just fall off the edge after they grab that prey item um so sometimes they'll they'll fall, but um they're not gonna they're not gonna fall on a prey item or anything like that. There are stories this is funny in Florida, where green iguanas have become popular they were popular in the pet trade and they get let loose by people, mm-hmm. um, you know whether whether they escape on their own or they're let loose after, you know, this cute little, you know, eight inch lizard they buy at the pet store turns into a six foot <laughs> lizard with a tail that whips at you. Um, <laughs> you know they they get let go and there's just a big population of them down there, and they like to hide in trees, and mm-hmm. where they're originally from it they do okay in Florida, but If it gets really, really cold, they'll actually fall out of trees. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics
2: you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs,
3: Ghosts, or say Bigfoot.
2: So who's to say that there's not alien species that
3: are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson, the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every
2: Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Chinwag Pod and Wagon, we've got a podcast recommendation. I think will be really fun and are useful for Monster Talk listeners. I know Dino, the Big Dinosaur Podcast.
0: Studying dinosaurs can teach us about the prehistoric world, but also the world of today. For example, migration patterns of dinosaur lineages can tell us about the Earth's changing continents.
2: Climate models of dinosaur ecosystems help us understand global warming.
0: Studying dinosaur diets can help show the link between plant and animal evolution.
2: Talk about paleo. Hmm. In many dinosaur (laughs) injuries, paleopathologies are the first known occurrences of diseases.
0: A new episode of I Know Dino comes out every week with new dinosaur discoveries you won't hear about anywhere else. You can find I Know Dino on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Right. Wow. wow. We
2: we went to um, Key West um, to see, well, we, I went for vacation, but the East Martello Museum is where the famous Robert the Doll is located. And it's in a right. uh, old um, uh, fort, a big, you know, stone fort, rock fort, brick. I'm not sure what it's made of. It's, it's effectively stone. Um, it was just covered with iguanas. They were everywhere.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately they're not a native species there, so they're they're pushing out you know some kind of natives. There's there's more non-native species in Florida than there are. You're talking about New Yorkers, right?
2: Yeah, totally true. Well, that's,
3: that's true. <laughs> lots of those too. Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, they bring bagels. Just, Don't knock it. They bring just, bagels. But... Not just reptiles, you know. Not just reptiles. Um, monkeys and other things too. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: so talking a lot about snakes and their reputation for being dangerous is it true that all snakes are dangerous or not
3: um so yeah some snakes are venomous and some snakes aren't the the real key to 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 being safe out there is to to know your venomous snakes there's a lot less venomous than there are um venomous except in australia that's that's completely backwards there but that's Australia <laughs> here in the United States. in um, like I said, most of the country, we got it easy. It's rattlesnakes. Um, and then you have your copperheads and your cottonmouths and your coral snakes. Um, mm-hmm. So in the U S those are the only ones you really have to worry about. And like I said, if you see them and, and you just leave them alone, then you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. I think it's such a stereotype though. Uh, about snakes in Australia because I grew up in Sydney metropolitan Sydney and saw that brown snake once Uh, my mother lives in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast and one day she discovered a snake in the garage uh, just a garden Mm -hmm. snake and that's that's those are the only snake encounters um, that we've ever had and I know living here in Denver that I've come across bull snakes and rattlesnakes and um other different kinds a lot more than i ever did in australia
3: right, right. it depends yeah, on where you live though depends on where you live and what you do yeah yeah <laughs> um you <laughs> know I, I tell people i've people friends here you know they, they're they like man i would love to see a rattlesnake in the wild and i'm like okay well let's let's go find you one but really is it that easy well i've seen about 50 this year really <laughs> so yeah i mean it just depends on you. you gotta know how to look for them and where they are and and whatnot but yeah it's um a lot of times we don't encounter them because we don't we're not looking for them exactly yeah especially in the cities
1: yeah
2: i've i've got a neighbor my neighbor and my wife are both incredibly afraid of snakes and uh i'm not i mean my dad is too it's weird i've just i'm not that worried about them, and i guess i took it to heart that you know they largely just want to get away i yeah here in georgia We live out in the suburbs, so we see a lot of wildlife, coyotes, deer, whatever. But um, snake-wise, I've only seen uh, a king snake and a a pine snake. And a pine snake is so tiny. It's like maybe four or five inches. It almost looks like a big worm. And um, I I know we have other snakes, but those are the only two I've seen. But my neighbors and my wife are so terrified of of snakes. And I, I, I keep trying to explain to them that you know most of the ones we bump into are harmless and they wanted me to kill that king snake i'm like no 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 if you're afraid of snakes you want the king snake here that's your best friend i mean it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well,
3: yeah. Snakes eat, they'll, eat, they'll eat anything but they are known for eating other snakes including rattlesnakes mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and I, when you, you said a pine snake I, you probably mean a pinewoods litter snake because they're a lot smaller pine snakes are actually big um, oh more and, like the bull snakes yeah but, this, these are like um,
2: little brown snakes and they're about four to five inches long they really look like little worms yeah, yeah it, i might be yeah. mis- misnaming it yep yeah and it could be
3: a blind snake as well
0: so yeah well at this point i'm gonna have to bring up an older another neighbor of blake's in the past i believe they're gone now but didn't you have a snake handling church down the road
2: we at totally did yep in kingston yeah. Yep, there was actually t- there's two in Georgia and they were both on either side of my hometown. So one was uh, in Kingston and one was right outside of my hometown in Cartersville. So yeah. Yep. Just. Uh, it never it's, it's,
3: went. A, it's an interesting thing to look into. If you ever get a chance, there's a really cool history behind it. and it, It's really kind of a cool thing to see.
2: I've seen it on video. I really didn't have any in- interest in going into a service. Right. right.
0: <laughs> From a right. distance. Yeah. Wouldn't want to get involved. Yeah.
2: It wouldn't shock you to know that one of them is right next to a trailer park. Uh, yeah. So, it was like, mm. <laughs> I, I, it,
0: they're outlawed, aren't they? There,
2: um, I don't know. Like, I there may be ordinances now. This was in the eighties.
3: I think they're still around, and I think they're allowed to to operate.
2: You might need a permit know, or something. I'm even not
3: sure. yeah, even even just this, I think maybe five six years ago, one of the one of the main guys who did it got killed by a copperhead.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um i know i mean the, the, when you hear about someone getting bit and, and injured in those services you know that they're not faking it i mean that like no or some some churches like that uh were kind of famous for milking the snakes before the service but mm, these guys right. are pretty sincere you know
3: yeah but, oh, yeah, they you know. and there's there's a lot of things out there i mean you know snakes if they have no reason to bite they they may not and there's a lot of people out there that pre-handle and I I I don't I don't understand it I don't understand taking that kind of risk but Mm-mm. I mean I I have non-venomous snakes and I had this one snake I've never had a problem with them any any time ever ever you know I've had it for you know five six years and I pick it up and it just decided to bite me yeah you know mm-hmm. and and so it's just kind of I, I don't want to take that chance so I I keep my distance and um, I don't keep venomous um, and that's, that's that. (laughs) Yeah. There are lots of cases of these uh,
1: religious
0: leaders who have just been bitten so many times and their hands are just malformed from all of the bites and, and they just keep doing it.
1: Wow.
3: yeah. It's it's a lot of the the, uh, results from bites is tissue damage. Um, So, you know, you Mm -hmm. have people who lose part of their fingers and things like that.
2: Hey, thanks for the memories.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Badge of honor. <laughs> That's right.
2: So, so um, you know, when you think about cobras, famously, you see images of people, you know, playing the, you know, a musical instrument and charming the snake. Can you talk about that? Because I, I think a lot of people do believe you can hypnotize a snake or the snake can hypnotize you or the snakes can be charmed.
3: Not really. Um, first of all, uh, thanks don't have outer ears so the music isn't really doing much for them uh, they can feel vibrations and um, they do have an inner ear so they might be able to hear some things but for the most part they're considered to be deaf but um, with cobras they are real visual um, and I know that like a lot of times you'll see you know the snake charmers though they'll, they'll you know they'll reach around and they'll they'll pet the cobra you know behind the hood and what they're doing is they'll use their one hand or someone else, you know, will be out there and they'll get the snake to concentrate on that. And the snake concentrates on that. and It's not thinking of anything else and just kind of, you just go behind and it just doesn't even realize what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I've had stories of uh, the snake's mouths being sown up.
3: Yeah, things like um, that. They do that. Um, I know we had a, a guy come speak to us who went to, Egypt and they had you know people were walking around with they were walking around with cobras with their mouths sewed shut that you could um take your picture with and um to me you know a snake needs to open its mouth in order to eat and cruel. so to me that's that's cruel and it's, it's animal abuse and they'll yeah. do it at rattlesnake roundups and stuff which hey yay for Georgia they just got rid of a rattlesnake a live rattlesnake roundup they don't have it anymore they got rid of it so we're excited about that but. good
2: I You know, I'm sure they have enough problems with lawnmowers and other things going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs>
0: well, only last night uh, I was watching part of The Jungle Book, the original movie with my son. And right. um, we were watching, I'm assuming it's a boa constrictor. Um, so near the start of the movie that hypnotizes the boy.
2: Ooh, is that that's I think that's Sterling Holloway. He's from Rockmart, Georgia. Salute. <laughs> okay.
3: Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the character is Ka. Um it's probably a reticulated python. Or or a Burmese python. I think I think the markings were indica- indicative of a reticulated python. Um but there are right. Burmese pythons or Indian pythons there as well.
2: Yeah. So um, the snake is and- uh, the same voice as Winnie the Pooh, too, I think that's yeah, that's
0: interesting. And
3: also, <laughs> a and also the, the snake in Robin Hood. Oh right, awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. But that's that's what Disney did during that time: is they'd contract people for so many movies and use their voice over and over and over again. They still do it today. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> interesting. And I'm just wondering if boa constrictors. As you hear that they can eat people or have eaten people? Is that true?
3: I don't think there's been any real definitive proof. Um, there were some there were some pictures that came out a while back, but there were um, there were reasons from both sides of it to say that it was fake, that it was staged, that that they put the person in there and then, you know, cut open the snake. I don't I don't know. Um, it's definitely it's possible, but I don't think it happens very often. Um, you know, we, maybe with children, a, but... like an
2: edge case, it would be rare,
3: right? If it yeah, it would yeah. be extremely rare. They're not going to hunt a human. They they really really don't have any they don't want to have anything to do with us. <laughs> yeah, it's comforting
2: too. <laughs> there are some spectacular photos on the internet of snakes eating more than they should, and what happens, and like you know, uh, yeah, it's not pretty. No,
3: <laughs> I I had a friend who um, had a a couple parabola constrictors and um one of the things we always tell him is you know you feed them separately and probably not a good idea to keep them together anyway. And he was keeping them together and hadn't have had any problems and um he separated them when he fed them and then he put them back together, put it put them back in the cage together. The next morning, he calls me and says, dude, one of my snakes is missing.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> and, I, and I said,
3: well, it did you know did the cage get opened? Or he got the cage from me, so that's why he was kind of, is the cage open? And said, no. And I'm like, I, is the other one really, really big? He said, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And so he lost that snake. And then, um, you know, the one that got eaten. And then it was too big a meal, so it gave it back. And um, oh. and then it ended up passing itself. So and it was, it was but yeah, it was.
2: A... They're kind of like goldfish That's that sad. way. They don't seem to know when to stop.
3: <laughs> well, you kind of have that jaw that is real flexible, um, so they're able to walk their jaws across their prey and swallow things that are bigger than them. Mm-hmm. And kind of once they start that process, it's kind of hard to stop it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and so they, they so you really got to watch that, even. Even like I, I breed king snakes and, you know, king snakes are known to eat other snakes and they will eat their own kind. So I got to watch that when I put them together to breed, make sure they're not going through that. And I've had to, had to separate them a couple of times because of it. So mm-hmm.
1: so
2: here's one. I, I I, was really interested in this one. I, I had heard both sides of this. So I don't know if you can answer this definitively, but do turtles feel their shells? Do turtles feel their shells?
3: Yes, they do. It's it's part of their skeletal system. Wow. So yes, they do. So we we always say, you know, you see, I I my dad said, you know, he had his his grandma down in St. George, Utah had a had a pet tortoise and it had a they had, you know screwed an eye hook into into its shell and so it had kind of a you know a leash um, in the yard. It would just be able to you know go on that only in that area right there, and that was probably very
2: much hurting the turtle oh oh wow sad yeah yeah i i the we have a lot of different kinds of turtles here in georgia of course the the, probably the most common one we see is you know either the uh, snappy turtle or the alligator snapping turtle and uh those get quite big and there's a lot of legends around those i guess the most common one i hear is that if a snapping turtle bites you it won't release until it hears thunder and lightning (laughs) which uh you know preposterous First of all, I think the, if you've ever seen one bite something, you'll see that it doesn't need to re- wait to release because when it bites, it takes a chunk out of whatever it's biting. Yeah, it. I mean, it, I'm they, sure
3: they yeah. do. Yeah, they they do. They are they have very strong jaws. I'm always watching those shows where they're noodling for catfish.
1: The one I'm the finest
3: snapping turtle. I just I'm just waiting. I've <laughs> I've rescued
2: a bunch of them, and it's extremely dangerous. I keep a pair of leather gloves in my truck and i know how to get behind them so they can't reach me with their mouth but even so it's when they snap it is terrifying but Mm. uh i just i have a soft place in my heart for them because i just hate to see something that old and that big get run over by a
0: car yeah one of the one of the big rumors
3: Mm -hmm. rumors that come about is they really there's really not much known about them Um, i just listened to a, a podcast about a guy who's researching the um them in georgia actually um, alligator snappers and there's, there's really not a lot known about them they definitely live upwards of 100 years maybe even more and it's one of the one of the rumors one of the myths that hasn't been confirmed is that they've found the you know, things that they found embedded in their shells um like you know musket balls from the civil war and oh wow like
2: yeah wow they they can um, get incredibly big um my grandpa had one. it must have been thirty pounds um and i mean, I know they get bigger than that, but the the uh, i mean it was just i mean the shell was just enormous, and the the turtle was way bigger than the shell, I mean they kind of hang out all over the place from their shells right so they're not like they're yeah, not like they, a box turtle or anything, so
3: right, right. They had one at the Tulsa aquarium that was like over two hundred pounds Wow, it was huge, and they they're wow. cool because they have that little their tongue they'll, they'll mm-hmm. wiggle it around it looks like a worm and then the fish will come in and they just nail them um, so they'll they'll lure them um, and there's other reptiles that do that as well like even um, like baby rattlesnakes um, will have the the tip of their tail will be like a yellowish or a greenish color Baby copperheads as well and they'll use that to to lure in prey
2: really so yeah Wow, that's amazing! So, no, I've heard that the baby rattlesnakes are just as venomous as the adults.
3: So there's some there's it, it varies. Um, the The big myth we hear is that the babies are more dangerous than the adults, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, um, some species show that the venom is a little more potent in a baby than an adult, and a lot of that can can be determined by diet like you know what they're eating can help kind of compose their venom so but some animals they they you know they start out eating like lizards and things and as and and as they get older they'll you know move on to to mammals or things like that some species not not all Um, and so the, the venom can change over time but you look at a baby rattlesnake look at an adult rattlesnake the venom gland on an adult rattlesnake is bigger than the entire head baby rattlesnake, so you're going to get a lot more venom from an adult. You're not going to get that from a baby. That's just math. Um, even <laughs> yeah, yeah. math exactly. Yeah. And then you know, and then another problem with that is they say, well, the babies don't know how to control their venom, and that's not true as well. They do know how to control their venom uh, mm-hmm. from as soon as they're born. They say probably around. It's hard to, to do it, but they, snakes will bite and not inject venom. It's less than 25%, so don't take that gamble.
1: No.
0: <laughs> so, Blake, did you want to follow up with the question about turtles?
3: Well,
2: just because I've been in many arguments about this, uh, and I think it matters whether you're in England or America, but you've got turtles, tortoises, and terrapins.
3: Can you talk about what the differences are? Like so- Turtles is kind of the entire family, so anything that has the shell, the arms, legs, head, tail, that's going to be a turtle. So even even your big um, Galapagos tortoises are technically turtles. Now, tortoises are turtles that have that are adapted to land. You know, if you look at it, like a Galapagos tortoise's feet, it looks more like an elephant feet,
1: feet mm-hmm, an mm-hmm.
3: elephant's feet than it does like a red-eared slider or a snapping turtle. That's part of it. Um, Then there's always exceptions. You know how that goes? Like box turtles, they they live mainly on land, but they are in fact related to water turtles. And so at one point, terrapins were considered the water turtles and then tortoises were the land turtles. But that's kind of gone away from that. Now it's more like turtles are the water in the water and then the tortoises are on the land, when and actually they're all turtles. But there's a species um, that are called terrapins, the diamondback terrapins. They're found mostly in brackish water along the coast, um, but uh, and so those have they kind of retain that terrapin name.
2: So, like the animals, language also evolves. <laughs> exactly,
3: <laughs> indeed it does. Oh, oh, very much so, very much so.
0: So Blake has left me with this question. So thanks, Blake if your pet snake gets big should you release it into the wild
3: uh, absolutely not <laughs> ask the people in florida about that yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i thought it was a good um, opportunity
2: for a psa <laughs> yeah
3: um, you know and it, it doesn't that but that but like i said earlier with the guanas, i mean they're they've got an iguana problem down there they've got um there's so many kinds of lizards down there that you see in your pet stores you can they're all over in florida you know chameleons um everything like that um they're all down there and um tegus are actually they're a south american uh, lizard and they're actually probably more dangerous to the environment than the pythons are in the everglades oh really um but we don't we just don't hear about them because they're not the big snake that political hits get yeah that's fascinating Uh, but definitely like here in here in albuquerque the problem we have is um a lot in the pet trade and probably if you're around in the 70s you probably saw the little little goldfish bowl with the with the red-eared slider turtle in it and the little palm tree and little kit that comes with it and people here that you know they buy them when they're when they're babies um, even though they're not legal to be sold to it over three inches but um, and then they get too big for their goldfish bowl so they turn them loose in the river and so now we don't see our painted turtles. We only see the sliders. Oh man! Um, so they are—they are, mm, they are sad. competing the native turtles, and it is a problem. And and they can—they can—they can actually um, bring disease into the population. You know, and like I had a friend. I, I kid you not, was at a pet store, and this guy walked in with a an albino monocled cobra, and he decided he didn't want to keep it anymore. So he's just going to go up to the mountains and let it go. Oh no!
1: Yeah, that's the, amazing. The
3: snake is not adapted for the area, so it's not it's not good for the snake, and it's not good for the ecosystem either. So, mm. right yeah. and, and, for anyone,
2: and it seems like you never know when a snake is going to just, or any of these animals are just going to turn out to also have parthenogenesis. That's a...
3: <laughs> right. I mean, for the most part, you
1: know,
3: yeah. yeah, it's not that big a deal. It's just gonna until until that animal dies. Like even here, you know, when we relocate rattlesnakes um you don't take them too far because they then they don't know where to hibernate. Yeah. Mm. So I mean it's it's even it's even to that, you know, it's just very they're they're good where they are. Just leave them where they are. Yeah.
0: People don't think when they buy pets. A lot of people
3: don't yeah. anyway. I, a lot of them don't. And that's, you know, if you want to get a snake, I think they're great pets, but you know, you, you do your research first. You understand that this thing could live 20, 30, 40 years yeah Um, and that you're going to have to feed it other animals Uh, there are no snakes that are vegetarians or vegans they're all Mm -hmm. carnivores Mm
0: -hmm. Hmm. yeah my son wants one and uh, i'm definitely not ready (laughs) 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 he wants spiders as well
2: (laughs) You wanted to talk a little bit about horned toads, which I think is, uh, that's a fascinating animal. My mother told me about those. She went to college, uh, in Texas and, and saw them down uh-huh. there. And, uh, I, I didn't know what to make of her stories because I had, you know, at the time there were again, not, not a really easy thing to check it out, but my understanding is they, they cry tears of blood.
3: Well, um, <laughs>
2: or something. What?
3: <laughs> well, so, um. First of all, it's it's not a toad, it's a lizard. Yeah. Um, and they're called horned frogs, horned horned toads, horny toads, horny frogs. In like fact, TCU, Texas Christian University is the their mascot is the horned frog, and that's what it is. It's actually the Texas horned lizard. Okay. Um and they're they kind of they're kind of stout, bigger, round looking. So they do kind of look maybe kind of look like a toad, but you know, they're they're not amphibians. Um but yeah, when when you one of their defenses is they'll actually squirt blood out of their eyes. So then it works. <laughs> it does. It it, it tastes really bad, apparently. And usually their main predator is probably like coyotes, foxes, things like that. And so, you know, they get in there and they get a mouthful of that and they're done. That is wow, fascinating. genius. Yeah.
2: But why do people call them toads? It's so they don't look anything like a toad to me.
3: They're just kind of stout bodied and they just kind of. Huh. yeah there's a lot of things that you'd be surprised i, I mean i we we have kind of had a thing you know when we get a call on a snake um i actually do snake removals through my work if they say it's a six foot snake it's probably actually a three foot snake mm-hmm. if they say it's this color it's probably another color and, and you know so i've had some of the weirdest descriptions turn up to be something that looks nothing like what they described it's just it's just funny what people come up with and how they see things. Ah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't question their how they see it. That's how they see it.
2: You, you may be able to set my wife at ease, though. I, I found a snake's skin that was more than six feet long. And uh-huh. I, I was saying that the snake didn't necessarily have to be six foot long, that the skin might have been stretched. Uh, is that plausible, or do you think the snake was that's, probably?
3: That's very plausible. Okay, good. Um, they they definitely stretch out. It's so when a snake sheds its skin, it, it, it releases a layer of um, oily substance in between the layer that's going and the one that's staying.
2: Snake lube. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yes.
3: and so <laughs> so it just slips right off. Yeah, and um, and as they do that, they they catch it on something, so it stretches it
1: okay, and, okay. Then it,
3: and then and then it dries and it's very flimsy you know yeah
2: i, mean? I try it, it hung over the back of my pickup truck uh like mm. from from one side of the bed to the other and i was like this is cool and then my wife came yeah. home and she was like that is not cool
3: that's the opposite <laughs> of cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, you know, a lot of common snakes that get that get pretty large around there probably a probably a rat snake or something like that yeah um you guys have um, indigo snakes there that are, they're huge. And they, they rattlesnakes and they're, they're huge. They're awesome. Um, they're they are on the brink of extinction, but there's the, the Orient Society based in Georgia is actually um, doing a lot to bring them back. And they're actually having a lot of good success with it. So cool. Yeah.
2: I, I think they're really neat. I don't want to keep them as pets, but I love having them around. So
3: yeah, for the most part, they're free pest control. Yeah, you know, exactly. they, they, eat. Rat snake—it's called a rat snake for a reason. They eat rats. They eat rodents. Yep. Uh, bull snakes, <laughs> on the other hand, don't eat bulls. So I don't know where that came from. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so, bull snakes—they—they kind of—they kind of bluff. Um, They'll—they have a modified um, epiglottis that they'll vibrate inside their mouth, and it sounds like a rattle. Oh, it clever. does. Yep. Yeah,
0: the one that in I in addition
3: care. in addition to shaking their tail in the leaves, which most colubrids will do. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool to to see them do their whole show.
0: Yeah, I've encountered yeah. them around here on hikes, and uh, yeah, yeah. The first time I came across one, I thought it was a rattlesnake, not knowing better. Yeah.
2: Yep. Is that why you, you know, see? That's yeah. bull. What?
3: That bull? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. it, 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 it's yeah. It's BSing
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so Josh, was there anything else that
3: you wanted to discuss with us? Um, just you know, it, it's funny all the all the things that that people invent about snakes. You know these myths that we talk about. You know the the hoop snake, the snake reassembling itself, and stuff like that. And it, it's it's funny to to overlook some of the things that snakes do actually do, and some of the amazing things they do, like like the, like we mentioned, the squirting blood out of the eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised that's not more. Demonize them. yeah, <laughs> then it is' it's, it's something that you know it involves blood and it involves that, but there's
2: well and, and, there's and it all... involves my mom, I mean, she loves to demonize right. everything, so I just <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know there in Southeast Asia, there are snakes that can modify their rib cage and glide, so they actually have flying snakes, yeah, um, you know, Amazing. and there's lizards that do that as well. Um, mm. And then you even have the the basilisk, you know, not to be confused with the cryptid basilisk, but <laughs> the actual basilisk, the young ones can actually run across water, run across the top of water.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yes, I've seen your so videos much so of that. that they're, Amazing.
3: They're nicknamed the Jesus Christ lizard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which
2: is what I would shout if one ran in front of me like that. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, give
0: yeah, you exactly. a
3: shock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, well, usually they're running away from you.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's that's got to be startling. It, it's right. like, then, oh yeah, one of the one,
3: of the, one, of the, one of the coolest snakes is the hognose snakes, and you definitely have them in Georgia, and in Colorado. In fact, I saw my first one in Colorado. Um, but it's they're, they're they've got a couple different things that they do when when they when you encounter them, they'll they'll kind of coil up, and then they'll they'll widen their necks, so they kind of kind of like a cobra how they kind of hood up. Except they don't stand straight up like a cobra does. They kind of just go to the side and just kind of show off their, their 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 hooded up side there, and they'll kind of hiss a little bit. And then if you if you keep on bugging them, they'll start to strike. But they don't strike at you. They actually strike to the side. They, they, <laughs> so they don't even want. They're, they're not even trying to bite you. They just want you to leave them yeah. alone. Yeah. And then if you continue hey, to do this you continue to do this they'll just flop over and play dead Ooh, lay over (laughs) on their back they'll Mm. start they'll start just like nasty stuff out of their mouth the tongue just kind of lays hangs out there like you would expect like something you know (laughs) and then they'll start they'll start pooping all over the place yeah yeah that stinks yes it makes a mess and it stinks and then and the funny thing is if you take them and you and you um you flip them back over right side they'll roll back over to their back
2: oh wow look i'm dead
3: i'm dead after a while (laughs) after a while they will kind of peek up and then they'll kind of you know come back up okay you're gonna leave me alone okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they'll just go on their way that's Um, that's
2: amazing that reminds me that the the whole evacuating their bowels thing that's uh I've done a lot, again, a lot of turtle rescue around here and, uh, the, uh, it's not uncommon if you pick up a turtle, uh, for it to just explosively empty itself. Uh, oh yeah.
3: Toads and turtles yeah. Are, they'll, yeah, that's the, when you pick up box turtles, yeah. just, they like to take them and move them across the road. So
0: uh-huh. they don't get hit. Yeah. He's, is uh, is uh, that a fear thing or more of a protective I think it's a fear, a
3: protective thing. Yeah. Um, you know, kinda like the kind of like the corn lizard squirting into the yeah. mouth of a coyote. I've kind of told the
2: the people also will do this if you scare them badly enough. I've it's never happened <laughs> to me, but I uh, it I don't think that's anecdotal. I think that's real. But <laughs> No, it happens. They, they lose
3: control of their bowels. But yeah, I always I always feel bad because, you know, especially out here in the desert, you know, we find a box turtle and move it across the road and it, it urinates. Well that's all moisture that it, that it needs yes know? yeah
1: mm-hmm. and so i always
3: kind of feel bad but at the same time i don't want it to get run over by a car so no
1: no oh. that's a it's
2: the same thing when i tell women i'm married as uh, they cry save your water you need that moisture <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm
1: sure another, that happens a lot <laughs>
3: another... <laughs> oh i'm dying okay <laughs> we have that's kind of unusual and kind of funny um is the it's uh the hook nosed snake does it but there's other snakes too in fact coral snakes are known to do it as well um that they'll actually pop their cloaca and so it actually makes a farting sound wow so you, you pick up the snake and it just starts farting <laughs> wow you didn't expect that so. Well, you know, but you think about it, skunks do the same thing. So, sure, you know, sure, it's kind of a parallel evolution there. But you know, mm. they they don't smell as bad as I skunk, can't remember the poem: yeah.
2: black to white, don't let them bite. Black next to red, you'll probably be dead. I there's something. <laughs> okay, so here's the,
3: here's the fun thing about that rhyme: it's red to yellow, kill a fellow; red to black, venom black, or, or friend of Jack. It, there's different varieties. Yeah. There's the fun hmm. thing about that poem. No one ever gets it right. Yeah, exactly. I've he's never heard of it <laughs> you want to get that. So, right. But, so but, that's but, why I say if you don't know what it is, leave it alone. That's what my dad's yeah.
2: poem is. I, is I, I see a snake kill it with a rake. And I'm like,
3: Dad, no. <laughs> 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 uh.
2: He's terrible. He really is. He really does. He's so scared of snakes that he's, you know, just I don't think it you can't even you can barely have a conversation are. with him about it. So mm. It's just yeah. Mm-hmm. So Anyway. But- I mean, the
3: best thing you can do is pick up a field guide. A lot of times they're they're regional. Um, the more regional you get, the better. Because then you're not gonna, you know, come up with something that's actually, you know, several hundred miles away from you that's not right. gonna show up.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and I run into that a lot too, people claiming, Oh yeah, I found this green rat snake, you know, in the north of Rio Grande Valley. I'm like, No, you didn't. Only found <laughs> The very boot heel <laughs> whatever, but mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, so that's what I recommend: is you pick up a pick up a local field guide. Um, you know, like we've got a couple of New Mexico ones. Um, if you if you can't find one for your state in particular, then you know find one for that for the region. Or you know, there's they're divided into Western and Eastern, so as well. So yeah. you can find out what snakes are out there. Find the venomous ones; they're usually all grouped together. Learn how to identify those, and you'll be fine. Yeah, but even I think then, knowledge. If you don't know what is? Just leave it alone.
2: There's that. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep.
0: Good advice. I think knowledge is power, and we've had uh, Lynn Kelly on the show before talking about uh, spiders. Um, she's an Australian yeah, I, I really um, science teacher. That. Yeah, she was just petrified of spiders, and then decided to learn about them instead. And I think that's a really good tactic to take if you're scared of something. Really, learn really more is. about it.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to correct you. You were asking me earlier. I, I misnamed it as a pine snake. It's the the worm snake and the ringneck snake. Those are the two that I'm okay. most. Yeah, both of those are very small. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah they are. I've, yeah. I've found both of those beautiful snakes.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, they are. The ringneck's fact, gorgeous. Yeah,
3: ring One of their defenses is they'll they'll coil up the bottom of their tail and turn it upside down, and it's bright red underneath. They're beautiful snakes. Um,
0: I have to Google that. I don't know what that
2: looks yeah. like. Yeah. they're mostly black with a little. And they, it'll as soon as you see it, you'll see why they call it a ring neck. It's got a little sort of yellowish yeah. white ring around its neck. So,
3: well, it's it's kind of Pretty. funny because the the ringneck snake species that's in our area most of the time doesn't have a ring around its neck. No. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
2: I guess nobody wanted so. it.
3: <laughs> 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 it's just like, that subspecies. They get bigger too. They get like twice the size as as those other ones in there. Actually, mainly um, snake and lizard eaters. Whereas the ones you come across are probably earthworms. Yes, lots of earthworms. Yep. Yeah.
2: I wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to talk about where, you know, if people want to learn more about reptiles in their community, where should they go? And you sort of mentioned the guidebooks is a good place. Are there other organizations like your Herpetological Society in the rest of the country?
3: Typically, yeah. If you look up, um, there's probably one in every state. You know, you could probably find a Georgia Herpetological Society. If um, you get into Arizona, there's like a Phoenix Herpetological Society, a Tucson Herpetological Society, but they've got all kinds of snakes. So they're, they're all around. You can go to different Facebook groups. I recommend the Wild Snakes Education uh, group. It kind of spawned off of an ID group where they were getting so they got so busy with traffic and stuff that people were asking questions about the snakes. But they decided to go ahead and create its own group so they could keep that one just for identification so people could get an ID right away. Yeah. And, and so they've, they've done a lot of good things with like creating a lot of good graphics and writing articles that, you know, dispel a lot of myths and things like that. It's a great, great resource. It's handy. So it's just, just look up Wild Snakes Education. You'll find it. And there's one for lizards and turtles as well
2: i've seen people try to do that with spiders and everybody wants it to be a brown recluse like i'm sure this is a brown recluse but this is a brown recluse. oh the-
3: <laughs> <I was> like- <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of one of those things that's well, it's got to be the most dangerous Exactly. One it's
2: the only kind of spiders there are. <laughs> <was I saying.
3: laughs> Can't be that wolf spider that's not dangerous at all, or the garden spider or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Josh, this has been a really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. But we do have one final question, which we ask all of our guests, and that is, what's your favorite monster?
3: Oh, uh, what's my favorite monster? So I actually got two answers for you. Um, sure. Sure. So, well, the real monster is a Gila monster, so I gotta go with that one. Wow. Um, okay. I mean, it's a it's a lizard, but it's called a Gila monster, so I'll go with that. But I um, did see a other... documentary
2: about a giant Gila monster
3: once. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yes, along with the giant rabbits and <laughs> ants. But yeah, so I think that. And then on on that, as far as cryptids go, I, I any of the dragons and things have always just been a. Uh, a love of mine. You know, I was into Dungeons and Dragons. Deal with the reptiles.
2: Years. Yeah, definitely on brand <laughs> <Yeah>. for you.
3: <laughs> yep, yeah. I've always always loved that. So I'd have to go with dragons.
2: Good answers.
3: Yeah, yeah good
0: answers. Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: thank you so much
0: yeah. for
2: making time to share your knowledge with our listeners and for talking to us yeah, about this you. stuff.
0: This is great. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah,
2: no problem. Monster Talk. You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith.
0: And I'm Karen Stoltzner.
2: You just heard an interview with Joshua M's about reptile myths. I'll put links in the show notes to the New Mexico Herpetological Society and also provide more links about reptiles. These animals are fascinating and complex, and I hope that if you're a person afraid of such creatures, you might give them a little more consideration before chopping them up or stomping them next time. They're often beneficial, and with few exceptions, they just want to be left alone. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monster Talk. And please, share our show on your favorite social media platforms. Monster Talks, a proud member of the Airwave Media Podcast Network, home of such shows as Therapist Uncensored, Subtext, and Small Things Often. If you'd like to advertise on this show, contact sales at advertisecast.com. Monster Talk's part of the Airwave family of podcasts. Our theme music is by Pete Stealing Monkeys. Thank you for listening, and thanks for sharing this show with your friends. Word of mouth is still the most effective way for us to grow our audience.
0: been a Monster House presentation.